Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, Growing and Glowing, with me, your host, Mrs. Ellie Swift. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you are having an amazing day today. This podcast is your safe space to delve into all things life learnings there may be. From spirituality, friendship, grief, motherhood, the list goes on. I am here to provide you with a friend through what can be a very up and down journey of growing and of course glowing into the very best version of who you truly are. honoured to say we have a guest and her name is Kagi Dunlop. I literally had the biggest fangirl moment when this was put into the calendar. Some of you guys might recognise Kagi from back in the day being on Made in Chelsea and if my fellow Made in Chelsea fangirls over here, literally series one, Kagi was the it girl. I swear I used to have like posters and stuff of her up my wall. I was, Kagi was my idol and like 16 year old me would be freaking out right now if she knew that one day Kagi would come onto my podcast and let alone 16 year old me freaking out like 27 year old me is freaking out because I have followed Kagi's journey of work and remained such a huge fan of hers as we've kind of got a little bit older and she has delved into a new world of astrology In recent years, she's reached wonderful new heights with her brilliant podcast, Saturn Returns, and really built a community focusing around navigating through the tricky time of our Saturn return that happens in our late 20s, early 30s. And I, for one, am eternally grateful for her work as I approach my own Saturn return, which I'm due to start. I'll be in at this time next year, which we discuss all in the podcast with Kagi, but 
In this episode, we get into astrology for beginners. So wherever you are on your journey with spirituality, astrology, this is a really, really amazing one for you. There's so much knowledge, so much wonderful insight from Kagi. How to navigate our inevitable, very individual Saturn return as it's something that we all go through. How to recognise and learn the lessons that it might be trying to teach us. We get into a little bit of spiritual chat. So this one's definitely for my spiritual girlies out there. And I really hope that there is something in this chat that serves you there was something about speaking with kagi that just felt like a really warm hug so i really hope you love it before we jump into things my loves please don't forget to subscribe or follow the show wherever you are listening or watching today it really helps the podcast reach the people that um it needs to reach have a wonderful rest of your day and i think you're gonna love it so turn the volume up and let's get into it Over here on Grown and Glowing, we love to start off our podcast episodes with an affirmation of the day. So do you have an affirmation that you would like to share with everybody today, Kagi? Yes. So I kind of give a a little bit of a different version of this sometimes, but I believe it's Louise Hay and it's all is well in my world. Everything is working out for my highest good and out of this situation, only good will come. Wow. Like when you're going through it... It's quite a nice mm. thing to kind of say to yourself because I, I do believe that, you know, whatever we're, whatever we're going through, we're growing through and like with every painful experience, there is something that comes out of it. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. And so I think that's a nice affirmation to kind of get you in that headspace. Totally agree, because especially when you're going through it, it doesn't feel like that. It's so easy to really turn into victim mode and say why is this happening to me what what could possibly be the silver lining of this situation that is just causing me so much turmoil and I think that's a really beautiful affirmation thank you for that Kagi you're welcome so as we've discussed already all of your work is focused around the Saturn return now for the audience on here that are looking to get into their spiritual side and tap into a bit more knowledge all about astrology, can you give us a beginner's introduction to what a Saturn return is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So I guess I, I've i always been a spiritual person, but the astrology component didn't come in until, you know, mid-late 20s which of course is the time when you go through your Saturn return. And essentially what it is, is Saturn as a planet takes about 29 and a half years to orbit back into the same place in the sky it was when you were born. So with this transit, it brings this cosmic coming of age where we are, we have this initiation into adulthood. So it's a kind of reflecting on the past three decades have we been living authentically have we been taking responsibility for our lives have we been embodying the sort of attributes and characteristics of Saturn and the reason your Saturn return can be quite um I don't want to say painful but if you look it up it's often viewed with a negative lens because it can pull everything in your life apart so it's quite aggressive sometimes in its means of kind of getting you onto the right path and that can mean a breakup that just suddenly comes out of the blue and you thought you were going to get married and 
start a family and then suddenly bam you're single again and then perhaps your career just suddenly goes out of the window the direction you were heading in is just like hit a massive dead end and your friendships fall apart and it can happen all simultaneously at the same time in this very concentrated time during your Saturn return so of course it's viewed within the realms of astrology and just generally the way people speak about it in quite a negative lens but actually brutal. yeah it's, and it is brutal look Saturn as a planet is associated with karma discipline boundaries restriction time so it is it kind of the things that we're the way we've been behaving in our 20s and obviously I'll use myself as an example I was very sort of floaty and trying different things out for size I probably was seeking external validation more than I was trying to find who I truly was or I would say like my 20s were a journey of kind of wrestling with those two desires and then your Saturn return is this moment where you're kind of forced in this reckoning to really listen to your true self and that can be painful because usually people haven't been doing that and so perhaps Mm. you so it's either like things fall apart or perhaps you've got let's say you've got the relationship and you've got the career and you've got all the sort of ostensible things looking a certain way on the outside and success how society sort of views it perhaps you've pursued something that your parents really wanted you to do and you're you've done really well at it you've you know you've got a lot of financial success or whatever it might be but you don't feel emotionally fulfilled because it's not really in alignment with who you truly are and that's like another Mm. way that it can it can manifest or if you have been living in a very Saturnian fashion it can just mean an up leveling so if you are pursuing things for the right reasons it can mean a job promotion uh, solidifying of a relationship so marriage kids etc and yeah I, I just became very passionate about dedicating my work to it because it felt like such a rude awakening for me and yet the best thing that ever happened and I just wanted to kind of create a tool book if you will for people that are going through similar struggles well hallelujah that you did because <laughs> oh my gosh I don't feel like there's anything else out there like had it not been for you and your work I would never have known about the enormous effect that it will have on everybody that has it which is everybody because everybody does have their Saturn return it's not like you skip it or it comes early it's it's an astrological moment in time for you and I am I'm dreading mine now because I'm not gonna lie mine is due to start on May the 23rd next year and I feel like I should set a timer down on my phone for it just you know I'm gonna need the day before I'm gonna need a nice bubble bath and I'm gonna say kids mum needs a day just to you know soak it all up my final pre-Saturn return day is it really that big and is it really that scary well I guess the thing that I didn't realize I would do by creating this brand podcast book etc it's like sometimes when people come to the live shows they'll put their hand up I'm like yes you at the back and they're like so I've written the date in my diary what's gonna happen what's gonna go wrong I didn't mean to sort of uh make it out to be this terrifying thing and I I guess whilst I knew about it when I was going through it as in I'd just become aware a few years before it Mm. wasn't like as I was going through it I was thinking this is my Saturn return I kind of parked it yeah 
and then it was once I was through the other side and obviously it's it's easy in retrospect to kind of go to make sense of things to kind of file it into some kind of meaning but I wouldn't see it as like a doom and gloom oh things are going to fall apart because whatever comes of it is for your highest good and I truly believe that and I yeah. I hope that by what I've done it's helped people make sense of those those experiences rather than made them afraid of it yeah <laughs> yeah I, I have been wonder- I have been walking around wondering do I need to wrap myself up in bubble wrap the, on May the 23rd next year when my Saturn return is due to start but then my husband has already started he's been in his since March and I wouldn't necessarily say that he's he just needed to wrap himself in bubble wrap you know yeah you know judging by the our listenership it is very much and also by the messages I get occasionally I get one from a man saying they're going through their Saturn return but the majority is women and by the way this is you know, Saturn is not doing it just to women. It happens to men as well. Yeah. But I think women just go into it with a bit more awareness. And then if if we yes. take it off the astrological component, women, I feel, feel a lot of pressure in their late 20s to early 30s because there's that conversation around, like, the biological clock. And it's a different, it's a different thing for a woman to be and I don't believe this, but this is what society tells us, for a woman to be sort mm. of single in her early 30s versus a man. You know, the sort of terminology that gets thrown around is, well, for men, it's like silver fox, eternal bachelor. And yeah. then for women, it's like spinster. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's awful. And I really, I don't believe that it's true and I don't think that it's fair. But I think in turn, that creates more of a perhaps anxiety or a curiosity in women to kind of figure these things out and a, a more alertness to these things yeah. and these pressures so you know the lion's share of our audience is female but it, like I said it happens to both men and women I believe men go through something a bit more at 33 that's a whole different can of worms that we won't open up today but um but yeah I wouldn't advise to kind of wrap yourself in in cotton wool because like like you mentioned at the beginning there's I always try and remind people that it's not you still have free will right I think astrology can be used as a bit of a cop-out of well I'm powerless to what's going on in the stars and therefore I can kind of place the blame on that and I don't think that that's right it's a dance between the two can you give us a snapshot idea of who you were through your 20s before your Saturn return had taken place oh yeah you know what's funny about this because I think about it a lot and I've used it as motivation but I sometimes think that as one does our memories get skewed so it's almost like a fantasy it's not actually what I was like and I think that I off I often refer to myself and this is largely because I was on you know I did reality tv in my early 20s which created a certain uh, perception or idea of me but I would always say that that was fairly inaccurate to who I actually was I was I was always kind of who I am now but I just didn't um, showcase those sides of myself so freely because 
well, they weren't, they didn't seem cool or, you know, at the time yeah. if I was going around talking about spirituality and astrology, people would have thought I was very strange. Fortunately, things have changed. But during my, tw- you know, my 20s were also quite reckless years, as many people's are. I found it hard to know how to balance things in most aspects of my life. I was quite an extremist by nature. I've always been very sensitive, but again, I I felt like I would put on a bit of a front to the world and mm. always adapt to whatever situation I found myself in to fit in and to be liked. But as a consequence of that, over time, I felt like I didn't really... I lost sight of who I truly was a little bit because I'd been shape-shifting for so long. Mm. And I think that that's why you know, my Saturn return or that period of my life was so significant because kind of brought me back to myself and to remain grounded and and fixed as one version of me. Yeah. So I mean I I think I think there's something so relatable in everything you just said about when we look back at who we think we were in our 20s or in our teen years or whatever it is often some sort of romanticized fantasy of now we've got all of this knowledge at the stage that we are at now it's like oh well I've got so much hindsight and I've got so much knowledge and I can offer my younger self so much advice but at the end of the day I think it's really about giving that past version of ourselves so much love and grace for the fact that they were just trying to get through it the best they could with the knowledge that they had at the time yeah and it's sad that we look back and wish we did have that knowledge when we didn't we have it now and we wish we could give it back to our past self but we can't it's more about accepting where we were you know yeah I I think when it becomes problematic is when we we shame ourselves yes and it's like oh well I should have done things differently I should have you know and my late 20s were filled with that it was this agonizing all the things I wish I'd done differently and that Mm. sort of faded over time but equally how we can romanticize past versions of of anything whether that's ourselves or a relationship or an experience we can also devalue the knowledge that we may always have had and I I, I've always kept journals and diaries and I'm so glad I have because I can reflect back on them and realize that actually it's not that I know so much more now I just can navigate things better through experience because we've got a whole external world with all of these things and people to interact with and and things that we can only learn by experience we can only learn by getting them wrong but I also believe innately in us we do have a spiritual side and a deep knowing of of who we are when we're born I think and then it's just through society and conditioning and family dynamics and schooling or all these things that put layer upon layer upon layer and then by the time we're sort of navigating our 20s we're we're so confused about who we are all over again so I always actually think you know I'm far more close to who I was when I was in my teenage years and I also reflect back I found a photo of myself when I was about 13 and I always think of myself at that time as like dweeby small like not 
not cute and had braces and was really under because that's what I felt at the time but I found this photo and I was like oh my god I was so sweet but I I barely have any photos of myself because I didn't want any to be taken and that's an example of like well that's that wasn't an that's not an accurate memory that's just a sort of shadow of an insecurity of a 13 year old girl that I've carried with me throughout my life and that can be quite a corrosive thing because like I said then you sort of hold this this shame for past versions of you yeah yeah and then you know we go through our teenage years and we've done school we've done university if that's what we choose to do and then it's kind of like you're thrown out into the world and there's no there's no kind of parallel amongst your peers or your social group as to what should be expected now when you're going through school it's like yep we're all in year seven then we're all in year nine and we're all choosing our GCSEs and then we do our GCSEs and then we do our A-levels and we're all okay and we're all here and then you're thrown out into the big wide world and it's like someone gets married at 21 (laughs) someone has a baby at 22 someone else has a massive breakup with the boyfriend from year seven that they've been with for 10 years and it's like oh my gosh what is happening this is crazy so in actuality although bringing it back to the idea of our Saturn return it can feel really brutal and a bit scary it kind of comes at the perfect time because it's almost like you've had your time to figure out who you think you might be and if it's not worked out then here's the perfect chance to figure out who you could be yes very much so and I completely agree with everything you said because we do go through everything at the same time and it's quite comforting being like oh we're all doing our GCSEs on the same day like all of this stuff it just creates a sense of community belonging you're not then thinking that you're being left behind or anything and then like you say you're spat out into the real world and everything starts speeding up or slowing down but you realize that actually life is going at the pace it's supposed to for you and that can Mm. take some time and I, I, I fear that a lot of people never really reconcile with that and constantly feel like they're supposed to be doing something they shouldn't based off comparison to those that perhaps they were at school with or something but to go back to your point about you know your, your Saturn return coming at the right time it's also worth mentioning that we have Saturn squares in opposition so if you reflect on your life at 7 14 21 up until your Saturn return these are all visits from Saturn if you will because Saturn works in seven year cycles so much like earth has its seasons Saturn has mm. seasons and they each last seven years So if we think about our life at seven, for instance, that's when you have sort of sense of your own autonomy a little bit, you know, you're like Mm. very reliant on your parents, but you're kind of pushing the boundaries. Then 14 in our adolescence, we're massively trying to like establish our own identity. We're Mm. experimenting a lot. We think we're very adult, even though we're not. And then at 21, it's really when we are sort of, adults but we haven't quite grasped how to manage it we think again we like I remember at 21 like oh man I thought I knew everything Mm -hmm. and I I knew nothing and then at our Saturn return we kind of have learned like enough from those experiences hopefully that's the idea to kind of have things on a more even keel 
And obviously everybody's Saturn return is so individual to them and their life and the things that they need to go through. But what do you feel like some key lessons you learned through your Saturn return were? So I, I tried to put this into a course because whilst, like you say, it's very individual for everyone, I believe that there are key themes that regardless of its placement, we will navigate. And a big part of that is identity and purpose because I feel that when we are going through our Saturn return, we start to have those questions of who am I? Who am I really? What am mm. I supposed to be doing with my life? Am I doing the right thing? Am I with the right person? Am I hanging out with the right people? All these questions that can feel quite um, isolating, but they're very normal and very healthy. So a big part mm. of like the first component of the course is going through those. And then there's responsibility. Now, that was the thing that I absolutely hated like I just didn't want to be responsible for anything we mentioned at the beginning of this recording about like victimhood mentality that's like a huge component I was very like why is everything happening to me I made all the wrong decisions I I was just like the victim in the story of my own life and my Saturn return was massively about me recognizing that that was a pattern I was in that I was casting myself in that role and that actually it was completely untrue and it just it required a simple mindset mindset shift mm. and so responsibility you know really reflecting on your life and and seeing the role that you play in the unfolding of every situation and while certain things are out of our control we can always have some sovereignty over how we respond and then also death and rebirth is a huge one because we have to kind of let certain things go and there's pain in that and I think that there's not much you know we speak a lot about breakups and people are very empathetic about how painful those are but we don't speak about the pain and the grief of friendships that fall apart or that losing a past version of ourselves and letting that go or a career changing and all of these things that we have is part of the sort of seasons of our experience in life but it can be it can be painful and so having that kind of awareness of of those three things are some of the big ones I'd say how did you get into astrology what was what was it that kicked it all off for you I know that you say that you um always kind of considered yourself to be a little bit of a spiritual person anyway which is very similar to me um but how did you kind of delve into the work of Saturn returns and really understanding more about that Mm. um I think that astrology gave me a bit of a language and a blueprint for navigating what I was feeling and I what I love about it is it's very you know it's it's your birth chart it's a snapshot of the sky at the time you were born it's it's fixed in that sense and yet it can be interpreted in different ways depending on what astrology you're speaking to and how how you live your life but what I really found a lot of comfort in is that during a time where I felt like I didn't know who I was I found a lot of solace in understanding more about astrology 
because it made me understand more about myself and yeah. it helped me come home to those aspects of myself that perhaps I'd neglected or hidden away and generally speaking and I think the podcast very much reflects this I I can become very fascinated with particular very specific things so mm. whilst my interest in astrology people I think people think that I'm more into astrology than I am because I definitely don't let it govern my life and I don't astrologers that I know whenever they speak about it it's that they're remembering a language rather than learning one it's something that is very very familiar to them and I don't know whether I'd ever be able to grasp it in its sort of complexity the way that they do I pick and choose certain aspects of it that resonate with me and I leave what doesn't and I kind of suggest everyone should do the same but then I'm very much, you know, I follow my passion and my interests and wherever that takes me next. And so, uh, yeah, it was a particular fascination with Saturn and the role that it plays in our lives. And we shall see what, where that takes me, where, whether that's um, where things shift to next. Well, I definitely think that you are led to it for a reason, 100%, because um, as I kind of already have said I feel like there isn't really anybody in the industry that makes astrology feel so accessible to perhaps not necessarily the younger generation but just a generation where astrology wasn't astrology was kind of just sometimes limited to like your horoscope in the daily mail Mm -hmm. you know um and when you're somebody like you and I who who do really have a particular interest in it and kind of you know taking what serves leaving what doesn't um I just think you've you've really done really well with it I think you should be really proud of with where you are and and what where you've got to with it because I think what you do is really really cool and I know that I'm not the only person that feels like that obviously you have a wonderful wonderful community um on the Saturnatans podcast and everything like that and I just want to say that I think you're doing really really well thank you that's very kind because I think I'm sure you get this when you get stuck in your own sort of world and it's all relative right and you always think that you could be doing more and you forget how far you've come so that's yeah, very, very good no you you are doing really really well I hope you know that for the girls though who are listening to this podcast episode they're so intrigued and they're so interested in everything we're talking about and everything that you're explaining but they just don't have a clue where to start with a birth chart astrology in general this is the first time they're hearing about a Saturn return but it really feels like oh. cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Oh my goodness, they might be in the thick of, of theirs themselves by everything you're explaining. What advice would you give to the person who has a very very baseline knowledge of what astrology is and I mean that's just like they know they maybe know their star sign um but they want to develop their their knowledge in it what what advice would you give to that person so my advice is to go to eat I think cafe astrology is really good and go online and put in your hopefully I feel like that generation do know their time of birth it's like my parents generation that that don't but you need your time of birth the place where you were born, obviously your date of birth, and you just whack all of that in and it will generate your birth chart. And you don't need to know how to read that because it will kind of break it down for you. And the yeah. important things to know, let, let's say this person only knows their star sign. The big three in astrology are your sun, your moon, your rising. And that's a nice place to begin. So your sun sign is depending on what school of thought or like what astrology you speak to your sun sign is kind of I think the destination point of what you what you're here to reach and it's kind of associated with the ego it's it the rising sign used to be the more focal point and then it shifted to your sun sign but the reason those other two are really important is because your rising sign is like how you navigate the world and also what people meet when they meet you so that's the rising that's the sun then the moon is more your internal landscape and so let's use me as an example i'm pisces moon so i'm very very sensitive i'm very emotional got that kind of watery energy going on i resonate with water signs i've always been very attracted to pisces because i have that kind of internal soul connection it also like depending on what Pisces moon you are means that I came into this world not really knowing who I was and part of my journey is kind of finding that out your my sun sign is Taurus so Taurus is very much about stability um luxury it's ruled by Venus so it it likes nice things and Mm. my journey is to kind of go into that stability of, of feeling into that Taurian energy. And a be- the best way for me to get there is with my rising sign. So that's Libra. And Libra mm-hmm. is about fairness. It's very, it's quite sociable. It's quite like, if, if people meet me, they often meet a very sociable, kind of flirtatious, outgoing person. That's my Libra rising. And so kind of you use that to get to your sun sign. So those are like, is a good starting point um you could then start looking into your nodes which is more to do with purpose and that's your north and south node but again cafe astrology will break this down just start with those things because i think if you go too far it can get it can get a bit overwhelming and then when it comes to saturn return you can go online and find a saturn returns calculator and again do the same thing and you'll be able to see whether your saturn returns happened whether you're going through it, whether you're about to go through it. And that can be really helpful. And I I know it has been for our audience in terms of making sense of, you know, if this is, if this resonates with someone listening and they think, hang on, this sounds very familiar, or I've been going through these themes or struggling with these questions and they go online and they see that they're, you know, 
bang in the middle of their Saturn return, it can be quite comforting to make yeah. sense of what's going on. Yeah. This is something extremely off topic and not where I wanted to take the conversation at all today, but I really am wanting to ask you as you were just um, explaining about your attraction to Pisces and that kind of soul energy there. What are your thoughts on past lives and, and things like that? Is that a route that you like to go down as well as astrology? So it's interesting you say that because I feel that my, like I said, um, I'll kind of go like rabbit hole on stuff and I'll go, right. I'll go in. And at the moment, my, my interests are a lot around past life stuff, um, soul, you know, the journey of the soul. Uh, Kundalini is another one that I'm really exploring at the moment. But in terms of kind of past life and soul connections, I do believe that we... Um, I guess it's a sort of Buddhist principle of reincarnation that our souls come back in different bodies and have different experiences and that part of the soul's journey is to have these human experiences why I don't know but I do think that we meet people again in different lives and so we have got these sort of karmic ties to them and I think we all know when we meet someone and there's just that familiarity that's you can't really explain so I'm I'm a big believer in that and that we yeah we you know I was I saw something recently from someone that does like past life regression work and she said that what she learned from working in that realm was that there are no old souls or new souls it's just some have more awareness over their past experiences than others yeah And also that when we leave the world, that we have these agreements for meeting again. Yeah. You know, it's pretty pretty out there, but that's that's my thought. It's so interesting that you say, and like I said, this is really not the avenue that I expected to want to take the conversation down. But I just, I'm feeling pretty called to discuss it with you and it's so interesting that you say about um kind of the familiarity between souls and people in your life that you can't you can't really explain the familiarity it's kind of just there um as I said I have a three-month-old and when I was pregnant um I read a really fascinating book that uh it's called Spirit Babies and I've already discussed it a lot over on the podcast so I won't bore anybody that's listening because they've literally heard me talk about it so many times but um, it w- it's written by a man who could see uh, the spirit babies in a-, a parent, if they're to be a parent in their aura. Um, and the spirit baby, he could talk to them and he could see how many there were. And it's it wasn't necessarily like, a, OK, I can see three spirit babies in your aura, so therefore you're going to have three children. It was more like if you take motherhood or fatherhood, and you and you go down that path there are three little souls there that are yeah. really want to be connected with you again in this lifetime and I had a um past life reading during my pregnancy with my second child and the the I don't know what to call her the 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 reader the therapist I the healer I, I guess she was explaining to me how she was getting the message that um my baby and I had been together in 
almost every lifetime and she was explaining one of the lifetimes that I've had with him and um it was just a really lovely way to feel connected to him during my pregnancy but also when he was born it was everything she said and I was looking at like a 10 second old baby like I can't even explain it obviously you know I have a whole lifetime of getting to know him and he has a whole lifetime of getting to know me but when he was just born it all made sense and what you said earlier about um the idea of kind of we have something destined within us our life path is almost destined for us obviously with the interpretation of free will also when we are the second we are born as a mother having experienced giving birth and seeing somebody when they have just entered the world two times now I can absolutely vouch for that that I can feel in my bones as their mum their vibration their energy even though they have just entered the world it's like I know you and I know what you're going to do and I can feel where you're gonna go um and I I just think that's a really beautiful idea that we all have this path that we're destined to go down and that's there from the moment we're born and this idea of souls kind of always intertwining and I not to completely bombard you with my own life story whatsoever but um I lost my mum three and a half years ago to cancer and another past life uh healer and spiritualist um told me how one day she told me I'd have a daughter and that that daughter was going to be part of my mum's soul also and I just thought that's just such an interesting idea you know yeah I don't know why I'm telling you that no I'm I'm so because I was just about to say and I'm sorry that you lost your mum I can't imagine how painful that must have been but I do think that this way of thinking is tremendously comforting when dealing with things like grief because whilst they might not be in the physical realm anymore sorry a bit noisy um just knowing that their soul will come back and that that because i do believe that souls are eternal so and that's a hard thing to fathom because our our physical uh, human experience is bound by time and the construct of reality that we exist in so to kind of bend your mind around this idea that our souls and like, forever yeah and yeah. but i do i do believe that you know like it, there's no um denying the pain of losing someone in this lifetime but i think that there's comfort in knowing that you'll meet them again yeah and like you said, whether that's, I, I, and I 100% believe, you know, you're, it, and again, it sounds a strange thing to get, wrap your head around that your mother could come back as your child. The child, yeah. yeah. Or your child could come back as your, like, it's so, yeah. it's, it, and that sounds very bizarre, but I do think we just, we just know that there's that, like, soul connection. Contract, that just, yeah. yeah. But eat. But equally, with contracts, we mustn't get too attached to what the agreement is in this lifetime. And I think that that's where it can go. It can be used in the wrong way that people are like, oh, well, I have a soul connection with this person, so I'm meant to be with them. No, that's not true. You don't know what that 
contract Contract is about what the agreement is for this lifetime so whilst you might feel it like a lot of karmic connections and ties are to just bring about healing and that can be a can be a really painful experience that we have to go through that's necessary as part of our soul's evolution and journey so um yeah it's important to not get too attached to who they're gonna be yeah yeah Wow, yeah, no, that was just beautiful. Thank you. I really was not expecting to take the conversation there today, but I really appreciate your insight in that. And it's nice to talk to somebody who is on the same wavelength with it, I suppose, because unless you are kind of in a safe space, whether it's a podcast or a a healing session or things like that, things like souls and eternity and soul contracts and things like that can all feel quite out there to discuss <laughs> but it's it, it is nice when you when you talk to someone about it who, who feels the same as you know, my boyfriend this weekend actually was like I was talking to him about stuff and he just he thinks he's very open but he's got some friends that just that probably think I'm completely mad but he was like do you think we have a soul contract I'm like yeah 100%, 100%. he's like duh <laughs> of course yeah <laughs> okay well let's take it down a notch then because that all got quite deep taking it back to the person who doesn't really um understand much about it but really wants to get into it can you explain your non-negotiables when it comes to your spiritual hygiene and the the aspects of your day that bring you back to your best self when you are needing a little bit of tlc what do you do to bring you back to yourself I think a really crucial thing, and it's that all these things might sound quite basic, but getting out in nature, when we, you know, living in a city like London, you don't realise how intense it is, just simply the energy vibrationally, like waking up, you can kind of feel the anxiety because it's all around you. So time in nature, ideally for me, like being by the sea, that must be my Pisces moon, it just makes me feel so grounded and calm reading um eating really nourishing foods yoga my inner compass cards are like my favorite thing for when you know if I'm feeling a little bit like okay I need some guidance they're what I kind of check in with and then creating a really sacred space so you know having candles everywhere incense nice sort of healing music those are the things that are my kind of go-to's yeah totally agree they're quite simple but they you know they work for me and I don't think it I think people feel that spiritual practices need to be sort of these abstract strange like alternative things but sometimes they're just quite basic yeah I think a huge part of it is just really about grounding yourself and and resetting the nervous system honestly which is why I think time in nature and like you said a really sacred room with maybe dim lights some calm gentle music playing I actually I know I feel like I keep bringing it back to my my um my children but it's just like such an awakening when you have when you go through the process of giving birth I've just never experienced anything like it I gave birth to my second son to healing frequencies and the difference in the birth compared to my firstborn who I don't think I had any music playing or if I did it was like not healing frequencies because I was not where were you were you in hospital 
yes, I was in hospital in a hospital room. Yeah, so it wasn't like I was, you know, having a water bath at home or anything like that. Um, but I asked the midwives to dim the lights and I had my healing frequencies playing even just from my phone it wasn't on a speaker and it was like oh it was just for a moment that a lot of women find so incredibly traumatic and I did the first time around it was just beautiful really really gorgeous moment I mean I that's really interesting to hear because I've been talking with a lot of people about it and whilst I haven't experienced it I it sounds like the sort of hospital experience like you say it's very traumatic part of that is inevitable because of what you experience physically but I do believe that it's not there's not like a many women don't feel that sense of safety or that sort of sacredness that is so integral to bringing a life into this world and it just must make people feel so anxious and therefore make the experience more painful or resistant not to be like that mum but it was just one of the most it was the most beautiful experience I've ever had in my life and it's like it's a huge huge moment spiritually because the even the more children you have it's still a next um upgrade of self I believe like I felt a huge shift in myself when I had my first baby um and of course, like you love your children so much, and you think, how could I ever love another one the same? But you, you just—it's what everybody says. You just do. But also, the more children you have, it is—it is still another leveling of self. And I've—I've I've always, always felt, you know, the things I've been through in my personal life, and the lessons I've kind of had to learn, things like losing my mum, and everything that kind of led up to that. Um, I always felt like I'm going through this because when I have children of my own it will allow me to be the best version of myself that I can possibly be at that point in my life. Um, and I just didn't think it could happen again and again and again with more babies, but it does. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And I know you, I know you haven't been through that experience, but no, um, but it's really nice. It's nice to hear that because it's something I never felt like I was that maternal, but recently I've had a few experiences, uh, that I won't get into now, but has suddenly made me realize that it is something that I want when it's going to happen I don't know but it's always very affirming to hear from someone that's a mother that it was yeah you know the spiritual component to it I think is important because I often just view motherhood from the outside as people's identity just totally change in a way that sometimes I find a bit daunting yeah yeah and I, I can understand why people would portray it that way but for me it is it's just been the most um wonderful amazing rocket ship of uh leveling up to my next best self essentially and I think a lot of the reason why it can sometimes be portrayed online as like this nothing but just a huge identity shift in a negative way is because I think unless you have a really strong foundation of self and awareness um it's like constant triggers from very little people who totally rely on you um of sometimes you know your biggest insecurities or feeling extremely overstimulated but I think if you have the awareness and the ability to really tap into yourself it is just the most beautiful spiritual experience 
and I hope you do get to experience it one day. I'm going to send you a copy of Spirit Babies because Please I think you do. Really love it. I would love. I think that. you really love it. Yeah. Okay, Kagi. Well, that brings us really nicely to a close today. I think. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you for sharing. I wanted everything. to ask you. Every episode, we always finish with our growing and glowing moments of the week. So our growing moment is something that we feel like we pushed through and we're really happy that we did. And there's a lesson that we learned on the other side of it. And our glowing moment is something that we're really, really proud of. And we feel like we um, we leveled up. And I would love to know what I think what you think yours are this week. Mm, OK, they're kind of one of the same. I don't love confrontation I um who does (laughs) I I am probably a bit of a people pleaser again like who isn't and that has you know as I'm sure you'll know when you become a business owner and you suddenly find yourself in a position of being like an entrepreneur or founder you have to navigate all of these areas that trigger that side of you and so mm-hmm. recently I've I've had to call on an aspect of myself that I didn't even know existed. And I really equate it to the sort of um, the dark feminine or the divine feminine that, you know, we're sold this idea that being a woman means being agreeable and likable and like pleasant and, you know, fitting oh. in. Not Yeah, exactly. Whereas actually my, my journey at the moment is there is a lot of feminine rage that we all possess and it's okay to express that. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be passionate and to use your voice and it's okay to upset people. And that's yeah. sort of probably sat like, and it feels almost contradictory to like a lot of what I've practiced because as you know, I'm sure this <laughs> space is very like love and light and healing yeah. and positivity but I'm realizing that I feel as women, we don't express and that's really damaging to us physically over time when we suppress all of that. So I'm learning to step into that side of myself and to be expressive and to, you know, not be afraid in upsetting people with putting my point across. And I'm pleased to share with you and the listeners that nobody's died everyone's okay it's okay to disagree and actually it's incredibly liberating just speaking your truth regardless of how it lands for other people and that the victory is in doing that not on the outcome if that makes sense so that's something that I'm yeah enjoying kind of growing into and yeah Go you. That's wonderful. (laughs) That is really, really hard. I have, do you know, I was diagnosed with an underactive thyroid at about 21, 22. And I've always put it down to the fact that my throat chakra was blocked. Blocked. I'm with you. So every healer, every person I've been to, they're always like, yeah, this is completely blocked. And it's been. And that's all to do with communication, speaking your truth. And. I wonder actually if the um, the po- your podcast is really helping you with that because I know that my podcast is certainly helping me with mine, I think. It helped in speaking my authenticity 
But I noticed that when with conflict, it would come out like if I tried to ever challenge anything, it would come out all sort of like, like, you know, and like (laughs) tearful and emotional and like just not how I wanted to. Whereas now it's coming out, it's very, it's got a lot of emotion, but it's able to be expressed in like a healthy rage, anger. And people might be listening, being like, oh, rage isn't healthy. Yes, it fucking is. Yeah, I guess it is. And I'm really pleased that I'm able to kind of step through that. Yeah. Well, just remember, as you go through this journey of developing your confidence with confrontation, I just something I try to live by is something that I read in the four agreements. And that is just anybody's response to you or something you have to say or something you feel is just a reflection of them, not of you. So perhaps with your your strength you are confronting something that they need to be aware of in in their self just but when I say like this has come at me from every angle it's not just one but I'm like okay this is now the time to learn this lesson and I do believe that that's how things work you know it's like until we we fully yeah it's going to keep coming back until you learn it yeah Yeah. for sure well kaggy thank you so much for coming on what an honor it's been it's been so nice to chat to you you too thank you so much for having me of course have a lovely rest of your day kaggy thank you so much thanks bye yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.